the desire to hear and obey your word father we thank you to open up every ear and every heart to hear and believe and receive and act upon your holy word and we thank you for it lord in jesus name amen praise god amen 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 so we're going to talk today about the not yet of god the not yet of god not yet You know, the Bible tells us that Jesus learned obedience through the things that he suffered or the things that he allowed God to bring into his life without trying to stop it. Got me? And so there are things that we have to remember fall under this category that we are, we, number one, our, our main goal here, and this is what we forget sometimes, it's, is to conform to the image of Christ. That's that's God's primary goal in saving us. We were saved out of the dominion of darkness and translated or transferred over into the kingdom of God's dear son. And so once we're translated that means that a new language, a new uh, with a new language comes a new way of hearing, uh, a new way of speaking, believing, thinking, all of that so when you think about all those things that happen with a translation it's a transformation process we're being transformed and and we should never forget that and substitute that for the material or the promises that we we so desperately need sometimes and, and that are required for living here but it's a process that goes hand in hand Uh, I think sometimes when we focus too much on one side of God's covenant just the blessing side and not the transformation side or the uh, the side that and really that transformation is going to do more for us than any material blessing that God can bring us and if we don't understand that as Christians we're we're kind of lost we've lost the meaning of what it means to be born again what it means to be saved what it means to uh, have all of the fruit of God's spirit at our uh, at our disposal so that we can live the Christ-like life uh, a life of, of blessing without the peace of God and I'm not talking about just the absence of trouble but I mean the real peace of God that settles uh, everything in our lives real spiritual fruit that comes forth in a way that uh, can set us apart in life from those people who are God so if you're being taken down by life uh, you know you you need uh, God's peace to reassure you see there's a God's peace is different than human peace it's immovable it it can't be moved by uh, an errant thought and it can't be moved by uh, things that that come into our lives that are, are not like God once his peace comes in issues are settled and they are settled permanently and we need to understand that there is a difference between uh, just the absence of strife and real 
peace in God. Uh, you know, people have tried to to imitate the peace of God by eliminating strife in their lives or eliminating problems. If you get problems on the job, you can change jobs, but you get there and there are more problems. So you didn't get rid of anything. And people get divorced because they don't seem to have peace at home. Well, you didn't you didn't really do anything because if you think about another relationship, there's going to be trouble there too. So when you get into understanding life, you'll understand that these spiritual forces are a higher way of living than just living as natural people. And we have to seek the spiritual, put that far above anything else in life so that we can live the life that Jesus ordained for us, which is uh, burden-free, carefree. It's not responsibility-free. But it is burden free and carefree because he takes the heavy part out of it. And the part that we're responsible for is a lighter burden and an easier yoke than what we would have without him. And so there are times when God will have to tell us not yet for certain things that we desire because he is helping us to learn obedience which will take you an awful long way in life. Uh, you ask the the um, people on in prison, you know, the orange jumpsuit people and the striped jumpsuit people, uh, what it means to be obedient. And that's really all that's ever taught them in the penal system is how to respond appropriately to authority. These very, very simple things that parents everywhere should endeavor to teach their children but oftentimes do not because they either don't have confidence in themselves or don't have confidence that it's going to work. And then some people, some parents don't even know what parenting is all about. And they, you know, just are doing things in an emotional way with no goal and, and no uh, no plan for that child to have a good life through obedience there are many parents that don't obey you can see in relationships they don't obey one another that's why there are many uh, single people trying to parent because they don't know how to get along with a person on their level so they'd rather relate to a child because they can always have the upper hand so forth and so on and so it's a very upside down world that we live in and then as believers we come out of that environment of the world and we're attempting to be blessed in our life with God and we haven't learned simple obedience like at home you know like pick up after yourself all that stuff teaches us responsibility and it teaches us accountability but it's amazing how many people skip that but yet they want to come into the kingdom and move mountains and do big things and so this is why we see a lot of failure and a lot of disappointment with people in trying to live by faith and, and live the Christian life because there are many times when God through his desire to mature us and bring us into the greater blessing that is the fruit of his spirit and right relationship with 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 him that he must say not yet to his promises not yet is not the same thing as no we need to understand the difference. If you have a loving parent, not yet can be respected because of the relationship. If not yet sounds like no to you, then there's a problem with the relationship. It's not a problem with God. There's not a problem with you. But there's a problem with the relationship. 
the way you relate to God. Do you trust him? How far do you trust him? Do you think he's forgotten about you? You know, all of those things will come up when the when the waiting process has to has to be obeyed. We need to understand also that when we pray and ask for something, the seed of the reality of that is planted. And there must be a patience exercise to see the whole crop come in. Many times we want the crop before it's fully matured. Because of our own anxiety and our own impatience. And so God has to help us to understand how to trust him through these things. And receive that when the harvest is ready for us. And when we're able to go in in our own strength and our own faith and receive that harvest. See if you're if you're uh, planting a crop. You can probably plant a whole field pretty much by yourself. Because you're just dropping seeds in the in the ground and then you wait for the rain so it's a passive process for the most part you think about it all you just needed the energy to go out and plant those seeds many people never get the seed planted but you have to plant it and it's important you plant it in the right season etc etc you don't want to be slothful and you don't want to uh, be uh, dragging your feet when it comes to getting your seed in the ground you know that's something that that uh, immediate obedience understanding obedience to God it will teach you how not to delay sowing seed and so when you get that seed in the ground that's all the energy you really need that's all the spiritual muscle you need so in order to pray for something and believe you receive it when you pray takes very little energy you know that's just really please God (laughs) or get a prayer of agreement with I mean that's the real easy part you know sowing the seed many people delay in doing it though because they don't understand what obedience to God means obedience to God is immediate all the time it's yes sir thank you Jesus praise God it's an immediate response and it's also a corresponding action that must be immediate as well there's got to be an immediate to it God is not Waiting for you to get another confirmation for him to tell you that because you're short on your bills, you need to give another $5 in the offering. You understand what I'm saying? That's something that you need to, when you hear that answer for your your dilemma, you need to be quick about doing your part. So you get that seed in the ground so that it's able to start growing. We don't know how. You got me? That's the parable. That's how it goes. So your part is to respond immediately by getting your seed into the ground. And then until harvest time is really a passive kind of activity. You you continue to live for God. You continue to expect it to come to pass at any time. You continue on living for God and, and uh, enjoying the life of God. You know what I'm saying? And then. You just move on. But at harvest time, it's a totally different story. Because there's so much more in the harvest than that little tiny seed that you planted. So it stands to reason that it would take more time, more strength, and more energy to reap your harvest than it ever did to put that one little seed in the ground. 
You understand the principle now? So when you understand these things, you'll understand why God has to make some changes in us in that process. Build some spiritual muscle, build some confidence in him. The things that are lacking in us have to be corrected in order for us to go in and get that harvest and get all that God has for us. He is in charge of your increase. He gives the increase on that seed. And so it is up to him to determine how that thing is going to go. So in Mark 11 uh, in verse 22 this is talking about. Jesus' response when that fig tree that he was looking for some fruit on it the day before and there was no fruit. And he cursed the fig tree. The disciples were kind of amazed. And Peter spoke up and, and expressed as much. Jesus answered him saying have faith in God. Now what he's saying is put your trust in God. So what Jesus is is always referring to with them is I didn't do this as a mere man. I did this as a, a human who is trusting in God the Father to back up my words. So he's saying God the Father is the power behind those words that I spoke that made this thing come to pass so reliably. And so we have to make sure that we are trusting in God for the response, the increase, the time, all of that kind of stuff. Everything, once we pray, everything then is over into God's hands in trusting. So when you ask for something in faith, you are doing it by the permission of God through his Holy Spirit. You are using his word. So you're really taking yourself totally out of it and you're putting everything over into God's hands for him to bring it to pass and he says for truly I say to you whosoever shall say to this mountain be thou removed and be cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart so this is something you have to know what's on the inside of you in order to determine if this is really going to happen or not and he says be removed and cast in the sea and shall not doubt in his heart but shall believe that those things which he says shall come to pass he shall have whatsoever he says therefore I say to you what things soever you desire when you pray believe that you receive them and you shall have them and when you stand praying now this is the the internal character condition this is the righteousness clause that accompanies everything that we do in God see he says when you stand praying forgive if you have anything against anybody that your father in heaven shall also forgive you your trespasses but if you don't forgive neither will your father which is in heaven forgive you trespasses so the the principle is this this prayer must be made in righteousness and if all all unrighteousness is sin and all sin is unrighteousness so when you go to god you have to repent and you have to uh, you know 
clear the air so to speak you have to get the blood applied to your soul again and establish your righteousness before God other than that you won't be heard in your prayer and so that's why we have the the guidelines at the beginning of the prayer manual where we're to repent and cleanse our souls in the blood of Jesus before you go into the throne room I don't know of any any ministry that you can have before God that you don't have to have that priestly cleansing before you go in to to minister over holy things be holy as I am holy holy is not a one time uh, uh, impartation and it is there forever you can repent and step back into it again if you step out of it but it's a garment that we wear in the throne room of God and so if we forget this in any way we can be waiting on some things for God but it's still a not yet it's not a no it's a not yet it's not a no and when you get over into the obedience clause where you have obeyed everything that God tells you to obey in this situation so that your prayer can be heard then you can believe you receive it when you pray and you take away from that prayer the faith and the confidence that God has heard you and that God will do whatever it is and you can have what you say and so when we stand praying we must forgive if we have anything against anybody somebody does something to you see this is where Christians get a little confused and don't understand what may be delaying things if you're not willing to examine your heart and you assume that you know you're okay with everybody you're just wrong it's not right you can't assume anything in God the Bible says examine not assume and so when you go to God if you've got anything against anybody somebody said something to you you don't like the way they said it and you don't go to God and say God I forgive that person I mean it works it works wonders it works tremendously if you're short on forgiving you're short on loving and you're going to be short on God's results and so this is a very important aspect of prayer people have gotten more by what the, the old people used to call right living then they get by right speaking all the time they get their scriptures all jumbled up and confused and can't remember if Paul is in the Old Testament or the New Testament but they can get because they have this humility before God where they can just you know go to God and say well you know God I do have something against that person and I need to let that person go I'm not going to hold them hostage in other words God I'm not more important than you are see when we hold people in judgment that makes us more important than God because we can hold them hostage to our feelings and feel justified because they wronged us instead of letting them out of jail and letting both of ourselves go free so when you free up one person you free up yourself and you free up a lot of things a lot of prayers that can be answered on your behalf so it's a good thing to come before God examine yourself you know we know that we there are certain people that rub us the wrong way and if you keep letting them rub you and don't make up your mind to love them and and learn how to win them over then you're going to be short on being able to get 
this this type of confidence between you and God where you can have what you say and you know that he's able to convert your soul and to free you up and to help you in areas where you used to struggle with things and now you have the freedom where you can talk to God freely about it it's not a problem anymore that's the life he wants us to live he doesn't want us to live a life hung up on well I can't talk about that and I'm too touchy about this that's not love you can't be touchy in this kind of life and I believe that a lot of the not yet of God is not yet because some of the things that we're asking for cannot be granted to us if we're not mature enough to handle this kind of aspect of Christianity. You know, you, you, there's a lot of people out here who are doing, who are very popular, I'll put it that way, in God's kingdom. But they leave a trail, a disaster trail. You know, there was a time where minister would, if they had a divorce, they'd just go somewhere and sit down. They didn't have the, the, the boldness and audacity to get up and say some of the things that people will say about a spouse. Uh, God just told me they weren't for me and he had something better. That's just totally nonsense. Total nonsense. But yet, it's tolerated and sometimes we don't. And then the people that, that speak against it and bring scripture are the haters because these people are so popular how could they be wrong you understand what I'm saying but this is the kind of world we live in now we live in a world where people are as quick to say wrong is right and right is wrong and when the Bible says woe to you when that's your lifestyle so when we pray we need to believe we receive and then God gives us the faith for what we're asking for as evidence of its existence so you don't really need a, a, a confirmation or you don't need a vision your faith is your evidence the bible says faith is substance so it can be felt and it's tangible and you know whether you have it or not you know whether uh, you, what you're expecting from God is real on the inside of you or you know whether it's just a wish or a thought. See, a wish or a thought will flee, uh, f- you know, fly away. The minute you start feeling bad about something and feel down in the dumps, you feel like you're, you're not supposed to have something that you've been praying for. You've never received the faith and the confidence where you put your trust in God and you confidently believe him to bring to pass what it is that you are believing him for. And faith people, spirit-filled people, charismatic people get confused about this, you know, quite a bit. Because there are many people that say, I'm believing God for something. And and you can tell by the way they're saying it, they're kind of holding on to it in their flesh. Like they're really scared if somebody asks about it. You you ever been around people like that? They... um, I'll tell you an example. Uh, there was a, a woman that I knew that had she had a, she was in a, a women's ministry, and all the ladies knew that she was believing God for this particular man to be her husband. And she was very, you know, if you you pray with her, or said, is there something I can pray with you about? And and she was very guarded about it. You know, well, if God's promised you something, you don't have to, why are you guarding it? If he's got it for you, you know, have faith in God. 
See if your faith is in God, he'll bring it to pass no matter what somebody else says about it or you know, and, and when it's not in there in faith, it's almost like if, if somebody says anything to you to question it, it's almost like they're gonna steal it from you. And it's that fragile. And see, faith is not that way. Faith is very solid. It's very strong. It's substance. It's evidence. It's there. It's real. You know it. You can sense it. You can tell when it's about to pop, as they say, or about to come to pass. That kind of thing. There's a knowing inside. Because it's it's there, and it's there in a, a very tangible, a very real way on the inside of you. So when you believe, you receive when you pray. You've got to have it at the time you pray you must it's it's almost like receiving it from God at the throne if you go into the throne room of God then it's all good and and you you're there because you you are confident that God has brought you there and that he's not a man that he should lie and he will give you the desires of your heart and all that kind of thing then you can receive it by faith right there in his presence and then you can have what you say and you just go away in confidence and faith and you go away understanding this. Now, <clears throat> you have that as evidence of its existence and God's desire and his intent to bring it to pass. And then there's a fruit of God's spirit inside of us which is called patience that must be exercised so that our faith for the harvest can be developed. So there's a believing you receive when you pray. So you must have faith exercised when you pray in order to receive it. And then there's the building of confidence on the inside of you that God must do through our learning obedience that will prepare you to harvest it when that thing is fully grown. So in James chapter 1 you'll see what it has to say about patience. He says, "Brethren, count it all joy when you fall when you fall into different kinds of temptations, knowing this. This is what you know. This is why you count it all joy. This is what we miss. This is why we count it all scream. Huh? And count it all upset." <laughs> And count it all, God's against me, nobody loves me. Fall out with everybody. Used to come in wanting to dance in the worship, now you just sit there and stare at everybody. Huh? Sanctified haters start hating on the people that have joy. <laughs> you know it's true. You sit up there and people just, they want to just scowl the whole time during praise and worship. Have that what they we used to say that bad spirit on them. So let's look at that bad spirit on them again. You know it doesn't even move when the when the best worship song. You know the one everybody would get up and dance to. The best one comes on. They don't even move. That that face never changes. And so God says here, amen. He says, let patience have her perfect work. So really patience is a maturing or perfecting fruit of the spirit. Remember joy we said is an overcoming fruit. Mm -hmm. Self-control is a trusting the spirit type of a fruit. You trust the Holy Spirit and put no confidence in your flesh and that's how the fruit of self-control emerges. You just know the Holy Spirit knows right from wrong. He's going to keep me away from the things that are wrong 
so it's more trusting God's spirit is is the self-control or temperance meekness has to do more with love and respect it's a respect side of love etc etc joy we say is the overcomer's fruit and then patience is the maturing fruit it's the ripening fruit it's the fine wine huh you buy no wine before it's time <laughs> so it you know patience kind of it's if you think about well, I don't know if y'all y'all done had wine before well, who am I think I'm talking to but anyway <laughs> but uh, you know wine has a uh, um uh, kind of a you know a grades of wine or you know types of you know where where they some are finer and less you know desirable thank you Daryl less desirable somebody's telling the truth out there less desirable than others uh, uh, a nicely aged wine has what they call a mellow aspect to it that when it comes into your mouth you don't feel a bite any kind of acid any kind of irritation uh, in your mouth it's it's easy to be drunk you know and and so forth and so on so you're not just trying to get it down for the buzz (laughs) I was thinking about uh, uh, the uh, Frazier and his brother you know how they go on and on about their wine tastings and who's you know like that them kind of wine drinkers and so, so they go they go beyond the buzz they go into the quality of the wine and so patience really because it has to do with maturity aging and that kind of thing it's it's more like a wine that's that's aged to a kind of a perfect balance and that's what God wants in us for us to be matured into kind of a perfect or a mature perfection balance so that we're not uh, slack and we're not sitting back and, and passive but we are engaged with our faith but then we're not anxious about whether or not it's going to happen you know whether when it's going to come to pass all that kind of stuff I remember and I always quote him Fred Price was saying that uh, in in understanding Mark eleven twenty two and twenty three, he said once you believe you've received something, he said then time can never ever be a factor again if you're going to get it from God. So you have to put time in God's hands as well as bringing it to pass in God's hands. And what many people do is they think it's taking too long in the process of of ripening and maturing and mellowing in God. They get anxious when they start. The enemy will come to you and, and shoot a thought through your head. Well, if you've got faith, where is your this and where is your that? I mean, that's, you know, hath God said, if you be the son of God. He, it always comes that way. And it's amazing how many, well, he comes in our own voice, we know that but many times people will respond to that and begin to obey it and consider it as though it's God 
I mean, we give it that much credibility. Anytime you listen to a voice or you listen to something and you listen to it and consider it and start responding to it, only God's supposed to have that kind of authority in our lives. Amen. And then we'll, we'll know it's us, it's our conscience, but we'll think God's talking to us through our conscience that way. And condemning us. And you look at all the examples in the Bible where the devil has spoken to people and it it runs along that same pattern. It's challenging your identity first. Challenging the quality of your faith. Challenging who you are. Rather than, I talked to God about that. I believed I received it. So if it's not happening fast enough for you devil, you go to talk to God about it. But that's the last thing we think to do. We always run off. Amen. Then we want to try to do something ourselves to help it happen. Right. Yeah, true that. That's like going out to your garden. Okay, you know you planted tomatoes last week. Why are you looking for something today? Right. You know how long it takes tomatoes uh-huh. to grow. You know there's no super grow in there. There's no super seasons. You can't water it. Three months worth in one day, you'll drown the poor thing. So you're going to have to employ something that's out of your control, but yet it will help you, and that's called patience. You've got to employ patience. Now, what is patience? Patience really means to be hopeful and cheerful. Can you believe that? When we think about patience, we think about, oh, Lord. How am I going to make it? Oh, it's going to take a long time. Well, you're going to need patience anyway. Because you're going you're gonna to be here a while. You know, if you stay healthy and Jesus tarries, you ought to just expect to be here for a while. But while you're here, God has to mature us. He has to develop us on the inside. He has to get us to where we, we are more like him. We can walk in sync with him. We're more in agreement with him in every way. So patience really means to remain. and means to be constant. To have fortitude. See that aspect of wine again. Fortitude. Strength. To persevere. It also means to stay under the trial. And don't try to wiggle your way out. It means to tarry behind. That means some people might get blessed long before you do it. You sit up and wonder what's my. You know, I mean, it happens like that. You'll see everybody getting blessed around you. This happens all the time with church people. They see the new Christians. Well, you, let me tell you what God got a testimony. Let me, let me tell you what God did. You're sitting there like, well, what's wrong with me? Got me? And so you, it happens. And, and so patience then is causing us to tarry behind. Got me? Just to to wait and get behind things a little bit, you know, be like a slow a slow developer, so to speak, a slow uh, uh, bud or something like that. But our job really is only to believe what we see when we pray, and also to pray in righteousness, not holding anything against anybody. The Bible even says that about our offerings and our gifts. If you've got anything against your brother, go make it right with him first because God won't even receive our gifts and our offerings if we have anything. It's got to be righteous, folks. Other than that, sinners can come to the throne room of grace. You got me? It, it just It's just wrong. It's really wrong. And I think what's happened is because we've 
we've relied so much on the blessing side to encourage people that God wanted to bless us. Which, you know, people who really know God, they know that. That's not news. You know, the word of faith teaching was really a release to the whole body of Christ now. You know, the, the body of Christ is ready to hear this. But the condition has always been obedience to God. To love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and your neighbor as yourself. So that's that way you're not indebted to anybody. You're living right before God. And that's extremely important. So patience must have its maturing or perfecting work. According to James 1.4. Let patience let it not work it yourself but let it have its perfect work so this is where you take your hands off everything and let patience work in your life the maturity and the settling and the fortitude the strength the obedience to endure you know why Because your harvest may come at a time when it's not convenient for you. You've got to keep your eyes on the harvest and not the conditions. The Bible says he who observes the wind will not sow. He observes the rain won't reap. And so if you're looking at external conditions primarily to determine whether or not God has something for you. For instance, God tells you he'll prosper you even in this economy. Well, if you're looking at the job market and all this kind of stuff to determine whether or not to exercise your faith for a job. You got me? Or exercise your faith for the kind of job, what you can expect it to pay, all of those things. You'll never, if you're observing the wind, you will not sow. You will not sow that prayer and you will not ask God for what's in your heart, the desire of your heart. If you hear that the $15 an hour jobs are scarce, you'll break it down to eight or, you know, take minimum wage. You understand what I'm saying? And so this is what it means by observing the wind and not sowing. You can sow that prayer. I don't care what it's like outside. You know, we like that scripture. Isaac sowed in famine and reaped a hundredfold. But think about what confidence in God he would have had to have had. Everybody else has left town because the ground is hard and dry. And he's digging in that hard ground and plowing up and just planting some seed. And it's not even raining. Got me? And so you have to really understand what it means to have faith in God. You can't consider anything else. You, you, you don't look at anything except God's word when you talk about these things. I, I remember when I, I first started winting. <laughs> I was so sick of winting. I said, oh, here we go. I'm healed. I'm winting. I'm healed. I'm winting. Healed. I'm winting. And, and many times I thought to myself, I said, well, this morning when I get up, all the pain will be gone. All of this is still there. You know, and it was very uncomfortable at times. And through the night, very uncomfortable. You know, you couldn't find a good place to lie down and put your foot up. It hurts. Put it down. It hurts. (laughs) You know, everything hurts. And 
I remember the day I said, God, you know, I'm tired of Wendy. It's time to really be healed here. He's really tired. And it didn't happen immediately. But one morning I woke up and it was gone. And it didn't return. You know, that was only really about two or three weeks ago. It hadn't been that long ago. But I never would have thought it would have taken me that long to receive my healing from God. You see. But there, I've had a lot of instant ones. And I know it's possible. Amen. But why is it was it different this time? See this this guy here. See patience. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, God doesn't want us to suffer. Oh, really? It says persevere and suffer. <laughs> now, don't get me wrong. The pain wasn't unbearable. It's not, and if it got to the level where it was really bad, you know, I'd go go in my bathroom and find something to take. You understand what I'm saying? To alleviate the pain, suffering aspect of the pain. But it was important for me to notice and understand that things are different each time. Healings are different each time. Uh, God's doing something different in us each time. He knows how to deliver the righteous out of you. Come on now, folks. He's not leaving you over in the stew just to see how long you'll stew. But I needed to have patience with myself so that I could have patience in general. So it starts with us. Can you be patient with yourself? And not beat up yourself and not get carried away and not try to invent some other thing to do that's not even giving to, given to you by God. Can you really trust him to bring to pass that which you used to get real quickly and, and you knew that was God too. But suppose he switch, switches it up on you Amen. for his reasons. He didn't have to tell you why. But I know that patience was worked into me. Where I didn't feel like I had anything to prove to anybody and jump up and and get an instant healing. You know, my reputation and God's reputation was not on the line for me not to be able to endure this until the the fruit of that seed of, of healing actually came in there. There were times when I could hasten it by meditating on the word more. I would find some, sometimes I would get... Uh, a leap in my breakthrough you know some symptom that was really bothersome would just go if I would you know subject myself to the word more more intense of the word but you know if I had done that 24-7 for a long time it would only bring me to that certain point because he was working patience into me in this discomfort thing of suffering and so I was wanting to have whole new joints period and so God will give those to me I'm on my way you got me and so but there is a patience that we have to exercise when we're walking through these things even though you can get an instant instant healing in a lot of areas but there are many people who do not we have to accept that and we have to understand what God's doing when these things linger so when patience comes in it helps us and it says that we may be perfect and entire lacking nothing many people fall because of lack because they lack something on the inside See, everything's not put together the right way so that we can endure the onslaughts and the temptations that come to us in this earth
many of the people God makes prominent in the earth that have a name that's recognized when they're called to speak for God do not speak his word and when they're challenged they back down from God's word and, and don't speak boldly for God the way they ought to speak and so we have to understand that when God is working things out on the inside of us he wants us to maintain that integrity where we can speak for him with boldness and confidence knowing God's backing us up and knowing that there's truth out there that we have to give when we're called upon to give an answer on his behalf and so patience when it's employed and it's yielded to gives us strength to withstand the anxiety over the passing of time oftentimes with that anxiety comes regret over the passing of time people make statements like I wish I had known when I was this age or that age I would have done things differently well you still have if you believe God brings time with him you still are in the race you're not dead yet you can still do some things and maybe those things weren't for you to do anyway perhaps God did not have those things for you to do and so we have to understand that we can't have anxiety or regret over the passage of time but just make our requests known to God so we must let patience in and not stop it from working you can stop patience from working by doing things in your own strength the enemy will come to you with a good idea about something and you jump up and and use that idea instead of making your request known to God in fact many people don't even ask God into certain situations don't use his word don't pray you know what the enemy likes to do is get you anxious over something you can't control like your finances or your health that's always the two areas he'll grab finances health and safety (laughs) and so if he can get us upset about these things then we won't let patience work and perfect and mature us when patience takes over and we realize that we're not anxious anymore for anything we know that our prayer will work we know that it will come to pass patience allows faith to be undisturbed so patience really you could say is a guardian over your faith it allows your faith to be undisturbed it also provides an incubator for our desires to grow to the harvest stage yeah so patience is like a little it's like it's the womb that your faith kind of rests in so patience lets your faith incubate in there and the promise grow on the inside of you undisturbed you'll disturb your promise by taking matters into your own hands and you do it because of anxiety and fear that God didn't hear you or I didn't have enough faith or you know some goofy thought will come to you like that I always say if you don't think you prayed in faith the first time do it again (laughs) get some faith muster some faith this time and do it again and so or you can start thanking God for it which is an exercise of your faith in the promise as well you got me so your your prayer must mature then from the seed to the full ear and we must be patient as the farmer is patient and waiting for his crop 
in these times God says not yet as it is it's not ready to be received it is not fully matured in us to be harvested so really your answer you carry on the inside of you it grows on the inside of you I think that's important for people to know God's not just handing stuff out of heaven to us but if you believe you received it when you pray it got planted on the inside of your spirit and it starts to grow by what you feed it got me you feed it the word you feed it the fruit of the spirit you allow patience to have a maturing work in us mature people trust the father they, they so trust him that they don't believe that they can uh, pray an errant prayer that won't be answered. They know that God has it. He understands what they need. But more importantly, he has a plan for us. And so our life is not just based on what we perceive we need and asking for that and getting it. But it's, it's based on God's plan for us. What does he have planned for you? Where does he see you five years from now? Where does he see you six months from now? Where does he see you tomorrow? Your life is based on those things. So when the prayer is is implanted into us and it matures from seed to full ear... And we must be patient just as the farmer is patient who waits for his crop. When it has not fully matured in us enough to be harvested, that's when God says not yet. You know, your, your mind will start thinking about it and probing it and wondering and wondering and wondering. And then you'll just settle down all of a sudden. And that's patience working in you. See, and when you can settle down and not keep jumping and jumping and jumping and being anxious about it, then you're letting patience have its work in you. Now you can fight it if you want to. And keep saying, well, maybe I should do this. Maybe I should do that. Maybe if I go here. Maybe if I go A million little ideas. When you can have ten different answers to one problem in five minutes, it ain't God. You got me? God only has one answer all the time. And his answer is you received it when you prayed. And it's not yet now. And so when you get hyped up like that. And you want to go through the roof. You get this. And that's patience. Pulling you back in. So that you're not taking it from your spirit. And running off with it. Where you can't manage it yourself. You can't make this happen for you. Some things you can. Some things you can just go out and do. But there will be things that you cannot manufacture on your own. And you know it. And so you just have to settle in. And let patience have its perfecting work. So patience allows us. To hear the not yet as reasonable and not be upset about it. Not be upset that it hasn't come through yet. So we move beyond things into maturity and inner strength. You got me? When you can move beyond things into maturity, then patience is working in you. In maturity, we cease screaming when we don't have what we want right now. Everybody, when you pray, you want what you pray for yesterday. 
Amen. You know, nobody, you know, sometimes you look back and you say, man, it's been years since I started this journey. And you, you there are going to be things like that. There will be things that won't come to you overnight and won't come to you in a short time. So after a while, our screams will seem hollow. And we learn that our relationship with God is more than things. That's when you really start waking up to what's going on. You realize that he has made these precious promises that we can be partakers of his divine nature. And patience is part of God's divine nature. Think how patient God is. To wait all those thousands of years for Jesus to come into the earth and and offer salvation to the world. You see, he's been waiting for us to shape up for a long time. So he teaches us to be skillful in the word and how to continue to be selfless while we're waiting on something for ourselves. So you can have a prayer out there that you want desperately so that it complete your life but yet God will teach you how to get out of selfishness in that prayer for something that's coming to you to bless yourself so there's a way to take the self the flesh the pride the all of that stuff out of these prayers and only God can do that you can't crucify yourself you can't nail that flesh to the tree and say well I'm, I'm not really anxious about it and you know that you are God knows how to root those things out and so he roots out the man of the flesh through the fruit of patience and allowing us to wait for these things while waiting for something we can only trust God and so that he can perfect us in this process so he gets a two for one he gets an obedient servant who will go about obeying the great commission and doing what God tells you to do with your time while you are waiting and you're maturing at the same time so in this process you still got to obey God you still got to pray you still got to remain faithful you still got to come to church you still got to you know the whole nine yards you can't just quit doing what you're doing and expect God to come up with an answer for you you have to walk in this obedience that he's ordained for you Many people think this is a hard way to go. They think you need some kind of coaxing from God or some kind of piece of candy from him in order to keep going. You know, that's not maturity. That's manipulation. And so God oftentimes will leave us with just enough to get by on and just enough friends we don't have an abundance of of things going for us but he wants to keep us in that balance where patience is maturing us and perfecting us and we find we don't need as many things that our flesh is craving as we thought we needed so we need to respond as jesus would respond if he were us what would jesus do is very important to understand here he would walk in the spirit and not fulfill the lusts of the flesh he would understand that relationship to the father is the most important thing in life not the promise see there has to be a point where this switch over occurs in our thinking it's called conversion where we think we're waiting on God to give us something 
and we've been waiting for it for a while and we think to ourselves boy I thought I would die if I had to wait this long for this but here I am and I'm still serving God and I'm still doing what I'm supposed to do and I still have joy I'm not bitter about it and I'm not quitting and all these kinds of things people quit because God doesn't give them stuff right that's the main reason people give up on uh, their church life. They give up on their Christian friends. They give up walking with God. Because it's something that they feel God promised them that they did not get from him. Right. Period. They feel they've been cheated. And so they didn't have a right concept of God to begin with. And God has tried to teach them what he's really like. But they refuse to accept it. And carnality comes in and tells them something else. And so when God says not yet, it is not the same thing as no. He must change our thinking about this and get us more to respond by the inner man than by the flesh. When you think God is saying no, after you obeyed Mark eleven twenty two and 23, it's because your flesh has gotten involved in it some way. Your flesh knows that God says no. He always says no to your flesh. Flesh and blood cannot inherit the promises of God. So when, you're, when you hear no, it's because your carnal man is taken over. And you're not as given into the spirit as you were. Before you went down the road a bit with God. <laughs> now you want to drop his hand and go do something else. Because it's not as pleasant as you thought it was going to be. And your flesh will constantly gnaw at you. To disengage your spirit from what, from trusting God. i tell you. You know it's been a long time. If God really said that. You would have had this or you would have had that by now. Right. If he really told you he's going to do it. You'd be there by now. Look at how old you are. And you still don't have so and so and such and such. Got me? And so this man of the flesh wars against the spirit. And and the and patience and the promise. So he refuses to bow to the fruit of patience on the inside of your spirit man. And he wants us to turn against God and everything that reminds us of God. So when people kind of drop out, it's because they feel they are cheated out of something they were supposed to have from God. I mean, how can God cheat anybody? You don't have anything he wants. He owns everything anyway. And he's a God who won't lie and can't lie to you. So if there's something missing, guess who got it? The devil stole it. And he's convincing you that somehow you don't measure up to God and God's not blessing you. Yeah. See? Yeah. Back, back to the identity again. He's always chipping away, chipping away, chipping away. You know, you, you'll start watching other people get blessed and you start comparing yourself to them even though the Bible tells you fully you're not supposed to do that. Amen. Compare yourself to the image of Christ, walk in the spirit, love humanity and you feel totally different about what you have, what you don't have, that could matter less to you when you're walking in the spirit. And many times the enemy will coax people out of the spirit over into the flesh by comparing, by measuring, and, and, and excuse making, you know, pretending. 
pretending like you're doing everything right in God and you know you're not pretending that you know everybody else is getting stuff and they do more wrong than you do hmm? the sanctified haters watch everybody else's attitude and everybody else's sin and so we, we can fall into that trap and refuse relationship with God and start to agree with the flesh so and no is always a manifestation of doubt or unbelief the Bible says all the promises of God are yes and amen by us all you have to do is let the faith for that thing come into your heart and say yes I want that yes amen to that see and if when something that says no says no because it knows it's disqualified and that's your flesh your flesh is disqualified from this so when that no comes up on the inside of you that's your flesh telling you I know I don't deserve that because I'm not righteous Mm. Amen. Huh? You let the flesh take over your mind again. See, it's it's all a matter of how you contend to hold on to your faith. How much are you willing to fight to hold on to the faith that God has given you? That and you have that confidence in Him that whatever He has put in your life, that you will have, and what He has not put in your life, you will not have it. You got me? And so we have to really, really trust God in these things. Oftentimes we refuse relationship with God and begin to agree with the flesh. So this mindset has to be challenged with the word and the promises. So that's when you go back to the original. When the devil starts telling you you're disqualified and you start thinking to yourself, what did I do? I must have made a mistake somewhere. How did I get here? Don't let that go on. You know, that's when you need to go back to the word because it will start to be real to you. You'll start to move in there and live there because that's your old house that you used to live in. You're familiar with it still. So you can't go back and live into that old condemned tent. You've got to come out of there and start living in the promises of God. And you do that through repentance. You put off the old and put on the new. And say, God, I'm sorry for thinking that you wouldn't give that to me. I'm sorry for getting, let myself get in that position. Help me to get in quicker than you know it. You're converted right back into the place where you were. You can't work yourself out of that. You can't claw your way out of that. You've got to go by way of the blood. Because you bought into a lie about yourself. And you've got to get that lie purged. From your conscience. As your conscience now is bugging you. About something imaginary. That's not even real anymore. But you got to go by way of the blood. To get yourself purged. And get back over into a right mindset. Other than that you're just pretending again. You're pretending to be righteous. And you're pretending to believe God. And that's not going to help you either. So you got to come clean in these things. So when we hear no. After we believed and received we got to go back to the word and build our confidence in God again so we strengthen the foundation and not add something to the upper floors not me so you got to go back to the very foundation the very core
and that usually is repentance and some level of forgiveness you know where you even have to forgive yourself because you sit up there and beat up on yourself like a crazy person you know I didn't do this and I didn't do that and I should have done this and I should have done that you know the devil will make you kind of nuts when you think about it and so you have to pull your your way uh, you have to see clear of that and understand that you know boy I've I've really given in to the enemy here I've given in to the enemy's thoughts this accuser of the brethren when he accuses you you need to repent so I'll tell you what generally happens we start examining other people and start accusing them and then that thing turns on us too see when you receive that spirit of accusation the enemy has to, to make it tantalizing to you in some way you know for you to accept it you don't just you know invite somebody in your house that with boxing gloves on and punches you in the nose when they meet you on the door and so he has to get in a more subtle way and oftentimes what will happen is that you'll be sitting you'll be thinking and you'll be just you know minding your own business and the thought will come to you well what about so and so and it will be something you're believing God for and it hasn't happened yet and you'll think to yourself well you know I'm, I'm still believing God well you know it has been a long time oh I wonder what's wrong hey? when you start saying what's wrong you start accusing yourself and then you look at other people and you say well they don't live any better than I do or they don't give any more they don't work as hard as I do I'm always here at the church doing something so you start pointing the finger back and forth back and forth back and forth Mm -hmm. and so the enemy makes it very very easy for us to sit in a quandary of comparison in the flesh instead of accepting God's patience that will settle us down and keep us in a place where God knows where we are and we know that we're waiting for something nothing's wrong with our relationship we haven't stepped over into anything God forbid you do something that's really wrong you understand what I'm saying you really get over into the flesh and then the devil will condemn you but in strengthening the foundation we just have to go back to the basics of what God's taught us about how to live as righteous people in the earth I love people. Instead of coming in with that scowl on your face and trying to roll your eyes at somebody, smile at them. You got me? That kind of just basic thing. Just keep the fruit of the Spirit uh, in close range so that you can yield to that fruit and you can walk in that fruit. It's, it's not that hard. So, And repentance is contrary to works. See, we can turn away from the life of works and trying to figure out what we did wrong that's taken, making it so long that we don't get this yet, etc., etc. And so we can turn away from doubt and confess <clears throat> to God so that he can move on our behalf and pave the way for us. See, once you start your confession of what you believe you receive, Father, I thank you that you have given me that raise and that promotion. I thank you, Lord, that that is for me. You've given it to me, Lord. It's not my boss and it's not the company, but you have given me this. And I repent, Lord, that I've been sitting here beating up myself. 
and comparing myself with other people I've been mad at the saints because they prospered and everybody else has gotten somewhere and you know sometimes you resent that you gave and all you know the devil will make you nuts you know I gave that and I didn't get no return on it yet well you're still here you know your return is coming but if you get out of doubt and unbelief it'll come you know for sure but if you stay here where you are it's not coming you got me it doesn't come to a doubter and so all of these things we have to understand as part of our maturity as believers we have to get out of the mindset of being critical we have to get out of the mindset of being angry and upset when things don't go our way we have to understand that we are righteous people and and we can have this doubt removed you know we can walk in maturity and let patience continue to work again it doesn't matter how long you've been sitting stewing about something if you can get up out of that and repent and let God help you and and refresh you and restore you and make that promise alive and active again then you still have what God planned for you you're never disqualified but many times we disqualify ourselves by our refusal to do what's necessary you go back to the foundation so you know what somehow I've slipped off the foundation that God gave me I I need to go back and understand what it is that's vitally important to him that I do with my life and I do with my time and I do with my resources and get back to that get my confession right start walking in the mind of the spirit put all this other stuff off to the side and just allow the spirit of God to minister to me grab God's hand and and walk with him you know and 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 enjoy the relationship with God again like we used to you know I know sometimes you know they'll show some commercials sometimes of a little elderly couple and they're holding hands and you know well yeah you hold hands now number one you need each other to hold each other up but aside from that patience and maturity have allowed you now to come into agreement with one another and walk together you see all the fights gone the kids are gone the grandkids are gone everything you know and now it's us again so we decide we're going to get along and connect together and that's what God wants from us he wants more than anything relationship now you can care about the things but if things have us and not the not having of things spoils our relationship then he wants us to mature and learn to mature in these things and he's going to get what he wants out of us folks we you know he's not you're not going to be able to harvest until the fruit of the spirit makes you gives you the strength to be able to carry that thing all the way through so there are many things that god wants for us but carrying them is going to be the thing. Are you going to carry it the way he wants you to through life? Are you going to be faithful with what he puts in your hands? If you're not faithful in a little bit, the Bible says you won't be faithful in a lot. So he wants mature people. He wants faithful people. He wants people who can stick with it and not be tossed and turned around by every wind and wave and you know all that kind of nonsense listen to stuff you're not supposed to listen to so you get dragged off in the wrong direction so that's maturity you know maturity is is understanding what feeds you and sticking with that food you know and not grabbing a snack here and there and everywhere from everything and if you can can do that and bring that discipline into your spirit then you'll have the strength for the harvest and, and God will add 
add to your harvest. He'll add more to it uh, the more that he can trust you and the more you're strengthened in your inner man so that you can walk in what he really wants you to walk in. Why don't we stop? Father in heaven, we thank you for your word and for understanding that comes through your holy word. And Lord, I thank you that that uh, holiness is such a rare thing in this earth Lord and the people that you can trust walk in that that spirit of holiness that nothing can stop them and nothing can touch them and they know how to when they slip up they can get right back over into your will and over into your righteousness again they walk in that righteousness at all times so I do thank you for that Lord I bless you and I praise you for it in Jesus name Amen praise God if anybody wants prayer